This is Chatterstorm, our Magic the Gathering podcast. But we do go off topic quite a lot, so it's not just Magic the Gathering. You can catch us weekly for new episodes, and if you like what we do, follow us on Twitter at ChatterstormPod. Hello, and welcome to episode two of Chatterstorm. Um, for today's episode, unfortunately, we are one member down. Sammy is not here, so you know what? We'll just crack on without him. I don't think it's unfortunate. Why? No, not, not that's not me throwing shade at Sammy. Okay. But, you know, if you open the podcast and say, unfortunately, we're a member down today, then that's basically starting by saying, unfortunately, this is going to be a shit episode, um, yeah. but you should listen anyway. Now, instead, what we want to say is we have an extra special episode <laughs> today where it's just Josh and Sarah, uh, which means you get concentrated doses of both of us. But... And we're going to balance that out okay. by Sammy doing a solo episode next week. So you guys have oh, that to look bless forward him. to. So for today's episode, I thought we could start by talking about some of the new spoilers that have come out. Josh, have you had a chance to look at any of them? I have seen some of the Midnight Hunt spoilers. And, well, a couple of things. One, why are there Midnight Hunt spoilers already? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I, I have. I don't feel like I've even started with uh, Adventures of the Forgotten. It's Realms not just yet. Midnight Hunt though. It's the other one as well. Crimson Vow. Crimson Vow. Yeah, they're both out, I believe. Okay, so we've got spoilers for both. Well, that's interesting. Um, and I don't know where those have come from. But well. if it's a tactical decision by wizards to kind of give us uh, a bearing on what the sets are going to be like, then that really excites me because the cards that have been released are really, really good, and I am actually really excited about them. It is just Midnight Hunt. That's oh, just Midnight Hunt. It's just, it's Scryfall confusing me because you can search for Crimson Vow as well. Oh yeah, okay, I see. But it is just, it is just Midnight Hunt. It's all Midnight Hunt, yeah. yes. Alright, um, yeah, so I have looked at some of them. Some of them look just brilliant, really, really good. Uh, and, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm genuinely excited about this set. I think it's going to be quite powerful. I'm liking some of the artwork. It's very like... I mean, it's very uh, horror-themed. Yeah. Which I love we, the lands. Yeah, we haven't seen in a little while. Strixhaven mm-hmm. was really quite wholesome. Yeah. Um, Kaldheim did have the sort of heavy metal theme. It's um, not horror, though. But, yeah, I, and I wasn't really... Uh, I think I mentioned a, a, a few months ago uh, on an episode that I, I wasn't super keen on the old art, on the heavy metal theme, or of the Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it wasn't super impressive to me. I really like Zendikar. Yeah. And I love Adventures of the Forgotten Realms. But both are a bit more wholesome. You know, we're looking at Zendikar pre-apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adventures of the Forgotten Realms is, is you know, cute and adventury uh, mm. in a lot of ways. But this looks dark and, and gritty and kind of just gnarly. Yes. Um, so I'm excited about that. And uh, yeah, the cards themselves, so there's some really exciting cards in here. Lots to talk about. Do you want to start by um, reading out the one in a blue human wizard? Reckon you can say that name? Triskai Decafile. Oh, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <sighs> fine. Fine, fine, fine. Uh, yeah, so Triskai Decafile is... One and a blue for a 1-3 human wizard creature. And it reads, You have no maximum hand size. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have exactly 13 cards in your hand, you win the game. (laughs) And you can pay three and a blue to draw a card. And this is really, really great 
for mm-hmm. Commander. So the, yeah. my first thought is this is a rare, um, and this is really, really good in Commander, because having no maximum hand size in a blue Commander deck is primo. Yeah. Um, people will play Thought Vessel and Reliquary Tower uh, for exactly that reason. Um, and it's a really powerful thing to just not have a maximum hand size mm-hmm. when you're able to draw a bunch of cards. Uh, this card also has four mana draw a card, which is a um, an outlet for infinite mana. Mm-hmm. You can just draw yeah. through your whole deck, which can be a win con in some strategies. You know, um, if you're able to produce infinite mana and you have Thassa's Oracle down, then you could just win the game right there. Mm-hmm. Um it can also just draw you cards with spare mana. So, you know, yeah. that's probably the honest way to use this ability. Uh, four is pretty reasonable for a repeatable draw card. Uh, we saw the same on Spectral Sailor, which was a one mana, one one with flying uh, that did have the ability three and a blue to draw a card. Mm-hmm. So a totally reasonable cost there. Um, and then the win con attached to this card, I, I don't think that's going to actually come into play very often. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have exactly 13 cards in your hand, you win the game. So I think to really win with this, you would need to have loads of spare mana mm-hmm. and have uh, cards to protect Triskaidekafile. Yeah. Because you're going to need to protect it from threats. Mm-hmm. And to protect it from threats, you're going to be spending cards out of your hand, most yes. likely. Yeah. Um, which means that you're, what you'll need to do is let, like play this and uh, allow it to go a whole rotation in a commander game, which is not so easy. Yeah. And then right before uh, your turn starts, pour mana into it to draw up to 13 cards. Mm-hmm. Um, it is at the beginning of your upkeep, so it's before you draw yeah. for your turn. Um, but I really don't think that that is going to be what makes this card super powerful. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a a constant... Like, it's a way to keep tension on the board. Because yeah. your opponents are always going to have to think, ah, do I have the answer to that open uh, in case they draw 13... Like, in case they draw six cards. Yeah. Uh, but since you're going to... Oh, wait, no, you don't have a maximum hand size with this, so you may not have to draw six cards. Um, yes, you could just build it up. Yeah, you, you could build it up. But, so it, it keeps tension on the board. It mm-hmm. keeps your opponents on edge. But actually, I, I don't think that's why this card is good. I think that two mana for no maximum hand size with a mana sink ability stacked onto it, and it's a 1-3, yeah. which is not too fragile, mm-hmm. uh, is really good. Just really solid commander card, and I can see this going in a lot of blue decks. Okay. Fair enough. Now, shall I pick one for you? Oh, gosh, go on then. Um, why don't you tell me what you think of Play With Fire? Bear With Cooler? Okay, so Play With Fire costs a red, it's an instant, and it reads, Play With Fire deals two damage to any target. If a player is dealt damage this way, scry one. Well, I feel like that's fine. One mana to deal two damage to any target, and if you target the player, you scry one. I think it's fine. I'm sure I'm probably missing something and you're going to say, Oh, it's amazing because you can do this with Storm or something. (laughs) Um, I mean, the artwork, <clears throat> just to take a second, is dope AF. 
Look at that guy. Yeah. He is just living his best life. Yeah. Can you describe it? I just did. He's living his best life. Who's he? A devil, maybe? I feel like it's a devil. Chucking fiery implements. We've got some swords, some daggers. These just look like symbols. Is that something? They look like runes to me. So if you read the flavor text. Oh, we love the flavor text. Yeah, it reads, Devils find human dwellings to be oppressively cold, dark, and unburnt. So the implication there is that he's fixing that. <laughs> that's great. Sorry. Yeah. That's great. Uh, and so, yes, he is a devil. Or she. They are a devil. They are a devil. Um, so, yeah. I mean, this this card is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, except it's a bit more than fine. Because shock is Here fine. Yeah. And this is yes. objectively better than shock. Yeah, because you can scry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a really big deal. Shock has been a viable card. Mm-hmm. For a really long time, in older like um, yeah older standing formats, you very often have um, substitutes to shock that are better in specific decks like Scred and Galvanic Blast. Mm-hmm. Galvanic Blast does more damage if you have artifact. Scred does more damage if you have snow permanence, uh, and they're they're both one mana one red mana to cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's uh, you know shock is kind of like always fine. Yeah. I would say Shock is the card to compare against. When it comes to cheap burn spells, Mm -hmm. Shock is the card to compare them against. Yeah. If it's worse than Shock, it's probably terrible. If it's better than Shock, it's probably good. Yeah. Um, Play with Fire is objectively better than Shock because they both cost one red mana. They're both instants. They both deal two damage to any target except play with fire if you deal that damage to a player you also scry one Mm -hmm. so it's a small upside but it is strictly upside upside, um which is very very interesting because that could shift this piece of history i think for magic where play with fire becomes the new baseline um there's no reason for it not to exactly yeah because it is objectively better than shock uh, except for the fact that it's an uncommon, which of course does have implications with mm-hmm. certain formats, um, like Pauper. But Play With Fire, I think, is probably going to be the new baseline red burn spell. Yeah. Um, and is an interesting example of power creep. What's power creep? So power creep is the concept that magic cards basically are getting more powerful over time. Okay. Um, now... I think that what you can say here is that Play With Fire is objectively more powerful than Shock, mm-hmm. which is power creep. Yeah. However, it's an uncommon where Shock is a common. And so it's not power creep in draft. Okay, yeah. Because if Shock was in this format, it would be a common. And then it would probably be really good, like really strong in draft. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this wouldn't because it's an uncommon. And it's obviously... Uh, not usable in pauper so it's yeah. not quite strictly objectively better in shock mm-hmm. uh, better than shock but in formats that don't care about the rarity of this card which is most formats yeah um it is objectively better than shock and so it's a, a little bit power creepy power creep mm. cool well i'm gonna pick another one for you and i'm going to pick what i think i have to pick which is red and seven um because red and six 
there's a planeswalker or a creature from mm. a while ago, right? There's a planeswalker. Planeswalker mm-hmm. that I had never heard of, and I think it might have actually been an episode of uh, Top Deck Insight, our original podcast, where you explained the story to Sammy and I. Or it yeah. might have just been a conversation, but I do think it was on an episode. Um, and now we have a Ren and Seven. So... Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, um, ha- have you looked at the artwork for this card? Can you describe it? It's your card. You describe the artwork. Um, well, it's got the whole three D coming out the card thing going on, hasn't it? His hand, its hand, the tree's hand. Ren is a female. Yeah, but is it coming out of Ren or is it the tree behind Ren or is Ren the tree? So that's that's really what I wanted <laughs> you to point out. Okay. Uh, is that it looks like Ren is in a tree, wearing a tree almost like it's a suit of armor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you look at the um, type line for this card, it is Legendary Planeswalker Ren. Oh, okay. Yeah, not Ren and Seven. Yeah. Um, uh, and that gives you some clues as to uh, the lore behind this card. So first I'll read out the abilities. Mm -hmm. We'll look at it as a magic card first. So it's called Red and Seven. It is three green green for a legendary planeswalker. It comes in with five loyalty counters. You can plus one reveal the top four cards of your library, put all land cards revealed this way into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. You can plus zero Put any number of land cards from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. Mm -hmm. You can minus three, create a green tree folk creature with reach, and this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. Or you can minus eight and return all permanent cards from your graveyard to your hand. Then you get an emblem with you have no maximum hand size. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so... Those four abilities are, I think, powerful. Yes. But balanced. Yeah. Um, so it, this is an expensive planeswalker. It's three green green. So it's hard to cast mm-hmm. in decks that play multiple colors. It's five mana. Um, it comes in at five, which is pretty resilient, and it can plus one and go up to six, which is okay for a five mana planeswalker mm-hmm. way too good for a three mana planeswalker <coughs> okay <coughs> <laughs> um and each of the abilities is a spell in its own right almost yeah um so the, the, like the plus one reveal the top four cards of your library put all the land cards revealed this way uh i'm pretty sure there's a spell that does that uh the plus zero there was a spell in strixhaven that does mm-hmm. exactly that uh, the minus three makes a big creature, and then the uh, the ultimate is not actually too strong. You get all your permanents back into your hand, and you have no maximum hand size. So it's effectively like draw, I don't know, probably like at least five or six cards, which is pretty decent. Yeah. Um, but this card, you know, it's fairly slow, but it it is ramp. Um, it is card draw, and it can make big creatures, and it's fairly chunky. Mm-hmm. And so it's a pretty decent card. I think it's probably going to see more play in, like, Commander uh, than... I don't think this will be a competitive card in faster formats like yeah. Modern. And uh, I, I don't know if it will really make it into Standard um, as a big green finisher. It's definitely no Nissa who shakes the world, I don't think. Which is probably a good thing. Um 
And so, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what to expect from this card. I do think it's powerful, but it, it feels balanced to me. I, I don't think I'm misassessing it. Um, but more interesting about this card is, well, the name and the story behind it, Renin 7. So, Renin 6 was a planeswalker that was printed in Modern Horizons. Um, and now we see Renin 7. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the type line just says Ren. It doesn't say Ren yeah. and Seven. So the reason for this is that the Planeswalker is actually uh, the female elf, I don't know, maybe a druid or something, okay. uh, that is Ren. Mm -hmm. And what Ren does is, it's not particularly nice, no. uh, but she hijacks the bodies of tree folk and kind of enslaves them and wears them like suits of armor. Um, and she is quite apathetic about this process which is why she names them six mm -hmm. and seven yeah so what we're seeing here is ren wearing the seventh tree folk that she has almost parasitically uh taken over yeah um and yeah she just she doesn't give them names uh so the last one was right. was just six, six and yeah. this is just seven um and it's uh yeah so it's it's good to know this because Ren is if 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 it's the kind of thing that you care about when you put your magic decks together, um, Ren is probably not a good guy. Oh, definitely a bad guy. Probably not a good guy. Definitely. We don't know her intentions. Tree folk could have murdered her family. So every tree folk should suffer because a tree folk or a couple murdered her family. Is that how she could use tree folk? to plant more trees she wouldn't call them six and seven etc if she did perhaps she does what she does out of necessity and has to disconnect herself for fear of her incredibly compassionate and kind mind breaking by naming all the tree folk so she just tried like a vet putting down cute little fluffy dogs she just has to disconnect because the job has to be done why does the job have to be done i just what i'd like to say again dope as fuck this is super cool this is like some real horror shit i think inhab like taking over a per like great love it but she is a bad guy you can't tell me she's not well what i will give you is that if you zoom in on the artwork she looks like a bad guy she's um, like a pissed guy look at her face she has like long white hair dead eyes mm -hmm. and incredibly long fingers which are token Ooh, like bad nails. guys. Yeah, she looks like a wraith, almost. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Ren is a bad guy. Definitely a bad guy. Mm, but and, we need uh, bad guys. Yeah. Especially in a set, like, I'm not being funny. If we just got, like, this is, if we got Twilight Vampires and Werewolves, yeah. I'd... It's not the midnight hunt for Easter eggs, is it? Oh. <laughs> 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 um... Yeah, so th that's Red and Seven. It's mm -hmm. a pretty cool concept for a planeswalker that we haven't really seen a whole lot in the story. But I'm glad to see it returning, and I, I think that the card looks pretty good. All right, what do you think of the basic lands that we've seen for this set? I love them. I think they're super, super cool. So in terms of the artwork, since... Um, is it the Theros lands? that I really like that I have. Yeah, the Nyx lands. Nyx, the Nyx lands. Um, they were the last lands that I... I was going to say buy. Didn't buy. Stole them from you. You got them as a birthday present. Mm -hmm. um, but that I wanted in my decks because of the way that they looked. There's been other ones that have been cool. Um, I'm tempted to buy these. Mm -hmm. 
they're so cool like I don't, I mean, I'm not the best at describing stuff, I'm sure, as I've said, dope as, as fuck and cool loads of times, but I love the art style. It's almost like, I don't know, what would, what would you say the art style is? Help me out here with my lack of being able to describe anything. <laughs> um, well, so it's clearly very horror inspired. Mm -hmm. um, it's all black and white, so it, it's an entirely grayscale picture. And it's all very eerie. So none of the trees in any of the pictures have leaves on them. Um, there are some, like, just creepy looking scenes. Uh, very ominous. So if we look at the forest, it is just a cluster of gnarled dead trees uh, leading into a white fog. And you just can't see. And there's one single, which I'm going to say is a raven. Um, yeah. On one of the trees. It's your classic survivor girls about to run through there mm -hmm. um if you take a look at the uh island it is a raging storm and there is a lone figure on the rocky shore holding up a light and it's just it just connotes this kind of scale and anger which is a little bit a little bit terrifying i think it's casting a spell a spell to give him light that's like a controlling the waves or nah. we can think different things yeah, but my things are probably more correct. The mountain um, is... So it, it's a few mountain peaks. There's kind of fog running through the valleys. And there is a moon in between two mountain peaks towards the top of the card, which is just super werewolfy. I was going to say, I was, about, I was about to say, shall we play Spot the Werewolf? But I don't actually think there is one, but it's a full moon. Mm -hmm. you it say is a full well. moon, yeah. And I can't... Oh, it's, I mean, because it's, it's all grayscale, it's quite difficult to tell. But there could be but a werewolf somewhere. there could somewhere, be a werewolf yeah. somewhere. Um, what's interesting is that the plains shows a field and there is a scarecrow present. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, big scarecrow prominent on the card. So will we see the return of scarecrows in this set? I'm going to put money on it. I'm going to say that they're based in white, possibly. And that's super cool because super scarecrows cool. Yeah. are a really cool tribe. Because um, we can see like a field. We can see some like pumpkins or melons or something. Uh, and yeah, of course, there's, scarecrows there's is very like, horror scarecrow. Well. I feel yeah. like that would, mm -hmm. that would be fitting. It would fit, definitely. Uh, and then the swamp. We have got uh, a swamp with gnarled dying trees. There's some gas lifting from the shallow water and uh, there's a soul grave in the middle of the swamp so very 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 heavy death imagery um and it's all grayscale all looks really eerie uh, and, and yeah i really i think that this artwork is beautiful i mm -hmm. really do i do think this is another one of those cards which is going to make it impossible to see how many lands somebody has got in arena because um, oh, yeah. they're all going to blend together yeah. uh, like they do with some of the styles which can make it a bit annoying to count uh, and I do really like these I don't know whether I will use them uh, like specifically try and get them to flesh out one of my decks in this way uh, if I built a like a darker deck yeah. then maybe I would which I I'm pretty certain I'm going to do depends mm -hmm. what cards come out in these next two sets but this is definitely my vibe. And I think I've always wanted to build a horror deck. I'm going to call it horror. I'm pretty sure there's a horror creature. That's not what I mean. But I just mean your classic 
vampires, werewolves, zombies kind of vibe. Mm. And I haven't yet. But I mean, after we have a vampire and werewolf set, probably should, right? Yeah. And if I do that, yeah, I'm not going to replace my lands because that just feels wasteful to me. Um, but when I inevitably build a new deck, and it probably will be something along those lines, I think I will buy these lands. Wait, wait, wait. You wouldn't replace your lands? As in, like, just because of the style. Hmm. Okay. I would. Yeah, I don't think I would, because we already have so many spare lands, and they are just lands. Can you elaborate on that? So, I wouldn't replace... I would. I don't think I would. Maybe I would, but I can't see myself being like, oh, I'm just going to buy these planes because they're prettier. They're not any better for my deck. They don't do anything. Because then... I just have a bunch of planes that I'm never going to use. I guess I could give them to our local game store if they wanted them. Can you still give lands? Most of the time they take basic lands. Yeah, yeah I meant sort of like, stuff. you know, in a COVID world, do they accept stuff like well, that? Well, they're not going to sanitise them. Well, no, that's what I mean, so they might not. Oh, uh, yeah, fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I just can't. It seems wasteful to me. Like, I don't like a lot of things, I try to live sustainably, I try to live a minimalist lifestyle, and arguably a game like Magic kind of goes against that entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's paper cards, they sit in what is effectively single-use plastic. Um, although I do try, I take care of those and make them last, you know, as long as they possibly can. But yeah, the idea of just replacing lands for the sake of replacing them not being any better, I just don't think I would. See, I think the way that I see it is that each of my commander decks is something that I am working on. I constantly tinker and change them. Mm-hmm. Um, having the right lands is a part of crafting the deck for some people. And right lands in style. Yeah, as yeah having the right style. Yeah, okay. and of course the right distribution of Well, yeah, because that, that's different. Mana just to clarify, uh, that I would do. Yeah, the styles of the cards that you have in your deck. Uh, it's definitely not a priority, mm. but it's all a part of the crafting process, I yeah. think. Like, if you have a deck that you have a real affinity for, then perfecting it over time, um, I can totally understand that. I don't really get, like, foiling out a deck, because um, I don't like foils. Yeah, I don't like foils either. Um, and I don't like all alternate artwork, but I do like some, um, and those ones I will, you know, I, I, I like to think that I sort of curate my the styles in my commander decks over a long period of time. Uh, like, I definitely don't care about it when I put a deck together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only after playing a deck a lot and finding that I really like this deck uh, that I will start to really care about how it's all put together. And maybe I'll pick specific artwork or card styles because I think it fits the deck a little better. Which, yeah, I do get that and I understand that. I just don't... It just seems to me against... I guess how I try and live my life because you're replacing one thing for another like I wouldn't get I don't think I would get a cooler art of Taser but I might buy those um I always get what those called but that we've looked at a few times the overlays or whatever that you can put over the cards Mm -hmm. because that's something additional to add to it but I don't know if they bought out a really cool Taser if I would go oh I need to buy that because then what would I do maybe I'm more actually inclined to do it with a card because you could give that to somebody or maybe sell it but probably not but lands i don't know i feel like i just end up with 40 lands that would just sit in a box if i couldn't give them 
to my game store and that feels wasteful to me yeah okay well let's talk about magic cards yeah um <laughs> so which one do you want to talk about next um there's still a few more spoilers to cover there is join the dance all right you picked the lamest one yep because um, i want you to talk about it all right so <laughs> join the dance is green and a white for a sorcery create two one one white human creature tokens and it has flashback three green white so you can pay five mana and then you may cast this card from your graveyard for its flashback cost and then exile it mm -hmm. now what are well what do you think of this card nope don't try and turn it around on me you've got to talk about this card so i, I want to know what you. you think of it well i think two mana for no because it's sorcery speed i think it's very good um two mana or for an instant that creates two one ones would be fine i think because at instant speed you could flash in something to block a creature or whatever that could change the game for you that mm -hmm. could prevent you from dying um it's hard to cast because it's green and white but the fact that it's sorcery i think to me i don't know i couldn't see myself playing it and also i don't are you flashing it back for five to create two one ones out of desperation maybe if you have the spare mana um again the artwork's cool but yeah i don't know i think the fact that it's sorcery makes it really lame okay so i've, I've heard what you said yeah and you haven't listened i completely completely agree with you <laughs> <laughs> um this card is not very good but what implications does this card have for the set um that there's going to be humans yes there are going to be humans <laughs> oh. um there's also i don't know everybody <laughs> there's also uh also tells us that green white is probably going to be a color pair in the set we don't okay. not all sets have all 10 color pairs really mm -hmm. strixhaven only had five it uh, looks like at least green white is going to be in it. Probably going to be a mix of all of them. To be fair, are they uh, werewolf worshippers? Um, maybe. Because if you look at that statue thing behind them, you can see the bottom of teeth, like yeah. a mouth. Yeah. It seems more it's likely too. that they're against the werewolves. Yeah. Maybe? So it's one, one or the other. What have they got on their heads? Is that anything? Oh, hold on. If we read the flavor text, oh, yeah, it reads, we can go into the dark hand in hand or alone. I know which I prefer. So actually, that kind of implies to me that these are uh, like a cult that are sacrificing themselves to the werewolves. Yeesh. Maybe it's a dark night and they're lighting the effigy on fire mm -hmm. to um, attract the werewolves. And actually, this fits with the theme of the card because... Um, you create two one one white human creature tokens, which are really only good for chump blocking. Yeah. Um, so okay. Yeah, yeah, right, I th yeah, yeah. That's I think good. with the flavor text, that's pretty much what it is. Um, the implications of this card for the yes. set, though, are the return of flashback. So okay, yeah, yeah. This card is not good. No. But if flashback is a uh, recurring mechanic in this set, then that's very exciting mm -hmm. because flashback is really strong. Yeah. It was strong. Uh, it, like th there are some really powerful cards powerful because they have flashback mm -hmm. cards like deep analysis in pauper mm -hmm. um 
cards like i do you know what i can't think of anymore (laughs) (laughs) um but there are some really powerful like flashback is a really powerful mechanic Mm -hmm. and so seeing it come back in this set we could see some really juicy flashback cards like spell slinger decks it's it's just so much it's such good value yeah being able to play your spell twice um and being able to play it from the graveyard so with flashback uh being present we could see spell slinger strategies we could see self mill strategies um Mm -hmm. lots of exciting stuff so that's really cool to see okay another one uh let's talk about champion of the perished what do you think of that so champion of the perished cost a black for a 1-1 zombie and it reads whenever another zombie enters the battlefield under your control put a 1-1 counter on champion of the perished and it is a rare i think in a zombie tribal deck it's good well it's it's probably really good in a zombie tribal deck actually because it only costs one mana yeah so um pelt collector was Mm -hmm. a really good card and in mono green tribal you know, it's a little bit harder to get the counters on Pelt Collector because it has to a creature has to enter that has higher, like power toughness yeah. than it. So in a zombie tribal tech deck, it's easier. However, Pelt Collector gets trample, and this doesn't, so it's probably worse actually. Now that I think about it, the card is fine, um, but again, it's it's the implications of the card that excite me. So there was a card printed in the last Innistrad set called Champion of the Parish. Oh, yes, and this is it's the same guy, right? It's the same guy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Champion of the Parish cost a white mana for a human. It was a 1-1, and it read, Whenever another human enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 counter on Champion of the Parish. Mm-hmm. So this is literally the same thing, yeah. except with zombies, and the artwork is the same character, except he's now a zombie. Yeah. So that's just really cool. Mm-hmm. Neat, neat little yeah, throwback. Yeah, I don't know whether the card is going to be super relevant in the set, to be honest. Uh, I think it's more of a throwback. But Mm -hmm. could it imply that we will see some cards from the previous Innistrad sets rehashed in this set? I would expect so, since it's the same plane. Yes. Um, But that's just cool. This is the first, I think, um, like redone card from previous old sets uh, put into the the new the same plane in a new set, mm-hmm. so that's cool to see. Yeah, uh, it kind of shows time progressing on Innistrad. It has some interesting story implications, and it's it's just cool. So, what was Innistrad like? Um, when we were there before, I don't really know anything about Innistrad. So, uh, the ruler of Innistrad is Sorin, and he is a vampire. Oh uh, yeah. So vampires actually rule over Innistrad. Okay. Um, or they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where in the timeline we are with Innistrad at the moment. I think well, we are in the future. I'm pretty sure because to really condense the story, yes, um, Innistrad was a place of horrors and angels and demons and things like that. Mm-hmm. Sorin ruled and protected Innistrad, but he decided to go off planeswalking, so he created Avacyn, an angel who protected Innistrad in his stead, and then he left. So I'm missing out massive, massive important chunks of the story <laughs> here. But basically, uh, the Eldrazi um, on Zendikar mm-hmm. are defeated by the Gatewatch, except um, Emrakul, mm-hmm. the big tentacly one, yep. is led to Innistrad by Nahiri to get revenge on Sorin because they've got beef. Okay. Um, and so the next Innistrad set, 
was Emrakul attacking Innistrad. And he kind of, uh, he, he goes very eldritch horror. He takes over people and turns them into tentacle monsters and yeah. uh, things like that. So Innistrad is, is very like medieval setting. Mm-hmm. So you've got like a parish and uh, yeah. provinces and, and it, yeah, it's very provincial. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's, it's a very medieval setting mm-hmm. for a uh, for a set. And then it's sort of classic horror, like you've got mobs and pitchforks and things like yeah. that. Um, and uh, so Emrakul uh, is attacking Innistrad, people are trying to fight him, Tamio puts him in the moon. Um, and then I think, well, we end up where we are now. So mm-hmm. now something else is happening on Innistrad, we don't know what yet. Um, and there's a wedding coming up as well oh yeah where edgar markov sorin's dad i think is marrying olivia voldaren another popular vampire oh. yeah um so yeah th- i mean there's a lot more to the story of innistrad uh like so seriously massive chunks of story that are really interesting that i've skipped out there but that's the very very rough history of the set Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, Champion of the Perished looks like, I mean, it's a cool wordplay. Yeah. It's, it's a, a nice idea for a card. I don't know how good it is, but it's just exciting to see. Yeah, oh yeah, it'll be good in Zombie Tribal, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. So we have two cards left to talk about. Um, I'm going to let you talk about Consider, because I think it's probably a card you're going to pick up. Okay, yeah, Consider is... A single blue mana for an instant that reads, look at the top card of your library. You may put that card into your graveyard, draw a card. And, uh, well, what do I think of this? What's important about it is that it's a common. Mm -hmm. So in uh, normal formats, this is not great. Yeah. Uh, But in Pauper, there's there's some serious thinking about whether this is good or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it probably fits right into things like Delver decks. Yes. in pauper the question is what is it better than is it better than like preordain or ponder um is it better than brainstorm it's definitely not <laughs> better than brainstorm no um it might be better than preordain or ponder based on the fact that you get to surveil the card mm-hmm. basically yeah. and put it into your graveyard which is better for filling up your graveyard to cast early Gurmag anglers yes so the power in this card is being able to put something in the graveyard for a single blue mana. Because um, you cast Consider, uh, and then for a single blue mana, you have put two cards into your graveyard, which makes a mm-hmm. Gurmag Angler too cheaper. Yeah, and you get a card as well in your hand. Yeah, and you draw a card. Uh, and so I do think that there is there's space to experiment with this card in Pauper Delver lists. Yeah. Um, but in any other format, I don't think it's going to make much of an impression. But mm-hmm. it's a it's a decent common, and I do like decent commons because I like pauper. Exactly. Yeah, Delver is exactly what I was thinking of. Um, what do you think of the artwork? It's pretty wild. Yeah, I really like it. So, what does the flavor text say? It reads, uh, "Evold gasped in surprise. Either a very strange insect had crawled onto one of the lenses, <laughs> or he was seeing geists at last." So it is a man trying to spot. Geists, like bird watching, but mm-hmm. uh, geists. I mean, do bird watchers have something as cool as this to wear? Because if they do, I might take up bird watching. Yeah, I can see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven lenses on this piece of <laughs> equipment. How would they see out all of them? 
Maybe he has 11 eyes. We That's don't true, know. we can't see. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty dope. And yeah, the, the artwork is cool. It's, I mean, it's it's kind of, it's kind of off-putting in a way, actually. <laughs> well, the more, I think the more you look at it, the more you think, what does he actually look like underneath that? Yeah. If there's 11 lenses. Because if he just has two eyes, then it's just for show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if he has 11 eyes, I'm all for it. Okay, and then the final card in the Midnight Hunt spoilers that we haven't talked about is Infernal Grasp. Do you want to read that one out and tell us what you think of it, Sarah? Yes, I do, Josh. So, Infernal Grasp costs one and a black. It's an instant, and it reads, destroy type creature, you lose two life. Uh, so, to literally copy what you said earlier, this is the best removal in standard? was going to be the best removal standard something like that i wasn't totally listening to what you said i don't think you can objectively say oh there's it's... nothing better that's what you said there's nothing better currently in standard than this more or less i would say that yeah yeah so um this is this is really premium removal it's mm -hmm. an uncommon which mean it will be cheap yeah uh, but you have to compare it to cards that are in standard at the moment to see how good it is because it can't be compared to all removal in standard like Grasp of Darkness gives something minus four, minus four, mm -hmm. um, which is really good against indestructible creatures. Yes. Um, things like uh, Vanishing Verse, Exile, a monocolored creature. Which is better, yeah. Um, which, yeah, is, is better in certain situations. So it's hard to objectively say that this is the best removal in standard, mm -hmm. uh, or will be when it comes out. But you have to compare it to other spells like it. So it's one and a black for a destroy target creature mm -hmm. effect. So what can we compare that to? We can compare it to um, Heartless Act. Yeah. Which reads, destroy target creature with no counters on it mm -hmm. or remove all counters from target yes. creature. Yeah, I think that's right. It's for one and a black and it's an instant. And so that's really good unless the creature has one one counters on it. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Eliminate, mm -hmm. which is one and a black for an instant that destroy target creature that has converted mana cost three or less, I think. I think it's three or less. Um, which is also really good. However, it can only hit creatures which um, have CMC three or less. Mm -hmm. Mana value. Mana value. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so there are some creatures that Heartless Act can't hit. There are some creatures that um, Eliminate can't hit. Mm -hmm. Gra Infernal Grasp here can hit all creatures yes whether they have counters whether they're cmc3 or higher does not care does not matter you can target any creature with mm -hmm. it for two mana at instant speed and the downside is that you lose two mm -hmm. life and that is totally worth it for the additional flexibility that this card for gives sure. you yeah like the if if you're playing with the heartless actor eliminate if they aren't online like if you if your opponent's creatures have one one counters on them, mm -hmm. or they're just more than uh, yeah. three CMC, then that is a dead card in your hand, and that can be so detrimental to your game plan. Having a unusable card just sat in your hand, yeah. it is worth the two life per cast for Infernal Grasp because of the flexibility that it gives you, the guaranteed utility that you get from this card, mm -hmm. which makes it better in my opinion. And I think in probably anybody's opinion, um, better in the main board of your deck yeah. 
uh, when you don't know what, what opponent you're going up against, better in the main board than all of the other cards of its ilk. Yeah. And that is very, very interesting because mm-hmm. um, that makes this a very powerful removal spell. It's probably going to become a standard staple. Yeah. Okay, well, I hope you've enjoyed this super special episode with just Sarah and Josh. Super special. <laughs> and uh, we will catch you next week for hopefully all three of us, or maybe just Sam. On episode three of Chatter. Chatterstorm. Josh, have you had a chance to look at any of them? You know how in real life you just don't respond when I talk to you? You can't do that on the podcast. (laughs) You have to respond to me on the podcast, I'm sorry.